This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 17 weeks, four quarters, 60 minutes, and it all leads up to one winning, winning drive. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Winning Drive podcast. Of course, I am Rita Hubbard, the NFL chick. And I'm Cordell Woodland, uh, Ravens beat reporter for 1057 The Fan and host of Shaking It Up Sports. All right, now give them your you know, credentials. I, Let I, them know I, I who gotta, you are. I gotta, give it, I gotta give it all while it's on the on the noodle right now. Absolutely. <laughs> and of course, we are here to talk about all things Ravens and everything that is going on. So last episode, we talked about um, the the five, the first five that mm-hmm. got cut, um, and we know that there's more to go. Um, but I want to talk. Cordell, about some concerns that I have. My main concern right now is the absence of left tackle Ronnie Stanley. Now, we were hearing some things offseason that were very positive. We thought that Stanley would be in a position to play week one. uh, And, you know, there were some things that had came out in the media that were very optimistic. Yet, I have yet to see him dress. Uh, so far, we've seen Jawan James, who's had some good spots, who's had who struggled at times. And so I'm starting to resonate to the possibility that Jawan James is going to be the week one starter. And it concerns me because we were told that Ronnie Stanley was on schedule and that, you know, he'd be OK. And yet we have yet to see him even, you know, put clothes on but put anything on uh so how do you feel um in terms of where we are with stanley and then also i would like to get your idea of what you've been seeing from james from a camp standpoint yeah I, I, honestly I, I think the cause for concern about stanley not being there to this point is is justifiable i mean you're right we, we've We've seen him out at practice a couple times after he comes back probably from his workout or his rehab sessions, but he hasn't put on pads, hasn't dressed, hasn't participated in any practices um, to this point. And uh, you're right. uh, I I vividly remember right before the draft, there was the, uh, it, it came out that Stanley was projected to be ready for week one. Um, And I, that's, I mean, that's part of the reason why I call, around draft time. I just call that lion season. That That's just, you, you're going to see so many crazy reports around that time because everybody's trying to throw the other team off of their yep. scent on who they may be looking at in the draft. Um, so I, I, I never really truly bought into that. 
And when you look at what happened last year, Ronnie Stanley was kind of, uh, I would almost say, forced back to get out there for week one against the Raiders. Didn't look like himself. Didn't even make it through the game, you know. And right. I, I look at it, I I, I think um, that, that this team is trying to take what they learned last year into this year. And you can't rush them back. Even if Ronnie, I mean, I've, people are saying some stuff now that he may return to practice uh, next week. And that could very well be the case. I just don't know if that'll be enough time for him to get ready for week one, because I believe he returned to practice last year about two to three weeks before week one and still wasn't necessarily himself. Now this year could be different um, for sure, but I think when it comes to Ronnie Stanley, they're going to treat this guy with kid gloves. They're not, at least at this point, I would hope that they're not going to be in a mode to where they're trying to rush him back. Juwan James at left tackle isn't ideal. He hasn't played football in over two years. He's moving from right tackle to left tackle, learning a new position. So those, and he has an injury history of his own. So those combat, all three of those things combined together aren't a good recipe for filling. Now, if if Juwan James has to go out there for a week or two, so be it. You know, I, I, I'm okay with that. I still think he would struggle out there. Um, but if if you have to go without Stanley for the first two weeks with the hopes of being able to keep him for the rest of the season and beyond, I will take that. And I, I think they will too. So right now, I, I'm definitely concerned about Stanley um, and as far as his week one status. In my mind, I don't see him out there week one. Um, right. and, and, and I don't know if they do right now, too. But to this point, we haven't seen him. And I, I think it'll be uh, even once we see him, it's going to take that ramp up period for him to get all the way back to being his true self. Yeah. And I agree with that. I mean, look, if he's not ready, don't put him out there. Right. You, you the, the season is very long. And so, you know, you want to make sure that, you know, your starting left tackle who was paid a lot of money mm -hmm. is available, you know, as the season goes on. I think there's a little shell shock, though, because uh, we dealt with this last year. Uh, we know that there was some struggle at the mm -hmm. left tackle position. And I'm probably oh, wow, being nice. <laughs> yeah, you're being, you're being very nice. I'm being very kind. And, you know, listen, I understand that he is not here anymore. He has since retired. And I'm speaking mm -hmm. about the Um, But you know, if there's a way to try to make fans feel a little bit better about the left tackle position, what would it be that you would say to try to make them say, well, this isn't going to be like last year. It's not going to be a, a, a complete disaster. What is it about James that could potentially make people feel better? Well, he's athletic. Um, I, I, he's younger than Villanueva. I think Villanueva was, I mean, he, first of all, he's another one that was going from right tackle to left tackle. So we're still talking about two guys who are essentially playing out of position. And every time you talk to uh, these guys that have done this moving from right tackle to left tackle, or even you talk to coach D and who's the offensive line coach. And you ask him about the transition from moving to right tackle to left tackle. They all tell you it's a difficult task to do. It's not easy. So we have to take that into account. Um, but also the, the reason I'm, I would try to tell people to be a little more optimistic about James rather than Villanueva is because I do think James can play um, at this stage of his career. He's had the injuries, but he's still young. And I do think he has a little juice there. Um, it's just about him being 
able to stay healthy and being able to just get adjusted to that left tackle spot. Um, I, I would anticipate him being better than Villanueva because truly I think Villanueva, Villanueva was just done. I think he was would have been bad at right tackle too, yeah. to be honest with you. So that's the one thing that I, I would say that's different from James. I don't necessarily believe James cannot play at all to where I thought Villanueva was pretty much should have retired. Um, but James is still a concern over there. But, you know, him being able to be in that left tackle spot pretty much all of camp helps as well. Yes. Um, because Villanueva wasn't necessarily afforded that. He kind of uh, was brought in to play right tackle. And then once Stanley's situation wasn't looking uh, up to par, he was forced to move over to the left side. So that's a little bit of a better, if, if, to make you feel better, is that at least uh, Jawan James has been able to prepare for this more. He's not necessarily blindsided uh, with it the way Villanueva was. And I, I think that this O-line as a whole is better this year, um, which will help James. Now, the left guard spot right next to him <laughs> is an open competition. Yeah, I, I, I was like going to ask Powers that. There. I, I like Ben Powers there. And even if Tyree Phillips had to go there, I think Phillips could command the position too. I just think as a whole, this offensive line is going to be better than they were last year. And that, in a sense, will be able to help James uh, because they, they that right side is definitely shored up. You, you, they brought in Morgan Moses to man that right tackle. Obviously, Kevin Zeitler's right there and Tyler Linderbaum. Uh, the rookie center, I think he'll be just fine. Like I said, the left side is the question mark, uh, but I am comfortable with Ben Powers at left guard. I'm even comfortable with Tyree Phillips uh, at left guard as well. So I think that change, so to speak, on, along that offensive line will kind of help Juwan James on the left side because I think as a whole, the offensive line was downright terrible last year outside of Zeitler and maybe McCarry. Yeah, I agree with that. And, 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 and I think... My concern is, is that, you know, there are still the, the left side is unsettled yet. Right. I mean, mm -hmm. obviously, if James plays, then it is what it is. And he's the left tackle. But the left guard position, like you said, they've been rotating guys. So we still really don't. They're still trying to figure out who they want at the left guard position. And so, you know, you want to be you want to make sure that your quarterback is taken care of. Right. right. And the left side is a very important part of that mm -hmm. process. So, you know, I think it's. Fair to acknowledge that Ronnie Stanley is not there. You would hope by week one they have an understanding of what they would like at the left guard. Like you said, you really like Ben Powers there, and hopefully that can you know him or Phillips can can you know solidify their position at left guard. But you know after everything that fans went through, and even the organization, right? Let's start with the organization. Forget yeah. the fans. Organization went through last year. Mm -hmm. Offensive line. I think, you know, fans just want to make sure that there's some that it's not going to be the same. Yeah. And I do think that Stanley not being there now, like you said, does help with understanding that this is not like, oh my God, we're 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 screwed. Mm -hmm. They at least are practicing with a guy in case he's not available um come week one, which it to me it looks as though that may not be the case. Yeah. And honestly, I think it's important as well for Lamar because I mean you could see last year Lamar had no faith in this offensive line, especially Absolutely. after that Miami game, uh where they would just blitz to death and couldn't pick up anything. Um, Lamar got super antsy in the pocket after that game, even during that game. 
uh, and he just wasn't the same guy anymore. And it, and I think a large part of that was simply because he just did not trust the guys in front of him. And this year, I, I do expect that to be better. Like even once Stanley gets back, I think once Stanley gets back, this offensive line is going to be legit at that point because the reason that there are any questions at all about this offensive line is because Stanley's not there because then you, you now have to have guys kind of playing out of position. But once Stanley comes back, everybody is essentially in their, their natural role. Stanley at left tackle, you got powers at guard, Blenderbaum at center, Zeitler and Moses, who is a natural right tackle. So I, I think once they, once Stanley gets back, this offensive line will be legit. And I think, that's going to be the big part of this Ravens team. We look at the Ravens offense last year. Obviously, it was not good. Um, Rushing-wise, I think they still ended up finishing like third in the league team-wise as running the uh, as a rushing team. But they can run the ball in their sleep. But if you watch the games, this was not a team that was necessarily very good offensively. Um, mm-hmm. but I, I think once you shore up this offensive line, then you can have you 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 can have a problem now because I do think that they have more weapons on the outside than they not, than they probably did last year, um, and I think the running back situation, while it's still a question mark because we're talking about Stanley's status for Week One, J.K. Dobbins' status for Week One is just as much up in the air as Stanley's. Even though he tried to tell us, you know, look, right. he got upset with, with with people that said that right. you know that was up in the air. But to my understanding, he he you know I have seen him in practice, so mm-hmm. so we have seen that. But, you know, he has a, a slight limp. So yeah. if he's not available week one, to me, it's not out of the realm that he's not because he's also still coming back from an injury. Right. And he's not even to the point to where he's participated in team drills uh, to this point. He's out there for sure, um, but he's he's doing his individual and then he does his work, his side work off to the side. So he's, he's not ready uh, to even participate in team drills yet. And we're, what, about three weeks away from the season starting. So I I wouldn't necessarily look for JK to be back there either for week one. That's just my personal thing. And you brought up JK getting upset. I I just look at that as like the truth hurts sometimes, Yeah, you know, and uh, especially when you feel like you're at a certain point, but I mean, I think it's more so the competitive thing. Stanley may be the same way. I think, although I think Stanley's more at the point after what happened last year and him kind of coming back week one, and going down in the same game, I think Stanley's a little more patient than, say, a J.K. Dobbins is. Obviously, Stanley having a long-term deal helps his patience, whereas J.K. Dobbins is now entering his third year, and we've barely seen him. We've barely seen him. And then even once we see him this year, it's not going to be – the total package of J.K. Dobbins. It's going to take some time for him to get to himself. So we're potentially looking at not getting to see the real J.K. Dobbins until year four, where he's in the final year of his contract. So I can understand why J.K. has a little more uh, uh, pep in his step and and, and is a little is is trying to kind of kind of rush this process a little more than Stanley is. I, I definitely understand. But at the same time, the team's not going to throw him or Stanley out there for that matter before they feel like both of these guys are ready for some real game action. I I agree. And the thing is, right, like it's not like they have the easiest schedule. No, they don't going uh into the season you know like last year we i think many of us considered the dolphins so they start off with the jets um and and that 
who knows how that goes, right? It's week one, so we don't really know how how that's going to play out. But then they play the Dolphins, they play New England, and they play, you know, um, Buffalo, Buffalo Bills. And so you know, and, oh, and in Cincinnati, oh, on a Sunday night. So right. you know, they don't start off with the easiest no. schedule. And I no. know that we like to act like Miami was, pre- but listen, we saw what they did last year. They started the whole like, oh, let's you know, run the zero blitzes on him, and they were successful. And then that started a blueprint for everybody else running those same types of defenses, at, you know, going down the stretch. So, uh, yeah, I, you know, hey, man, I hope y'all – I don't want y'all to rush them, but I hope y'all got a plan. Yeah. <laughs> they, can't, they, can't, they can't afford to start slow. We, we just Absolutely not. Games, and I kind of talked about it on my show as well. Uh, the Ravens' schedule does not allow them to kind of start slow because even in the middle of the, their first nine games – are pretty tough. And you talked about the first five, uh, some games later on that involved going to Tampa. And then right after that, going to new Orleans, uh, for Monday night, right before the bye week. So they, they got some tough games that are on the schedule in the first half of the season. The Ravens are going to have to come out strong because you, you never know what the rest of this division is going to look like. I expect the Bengals to be just as good as last year. Um, I expect as much as the Steelers have kind of, simmered down a little bit with Big Ben retiring, you can never count them out uh, with Mike Tomlin out there. And they've got some young talent on both sides of the ball as well. In Cleveland, they've got a mess going on, no doubt about it. But, hey, man, they can still run the ball. They've got plenty of talented guys. Adam Amari Cooper out there at receiver. Obviously, Deshaun Watson's there. And uh, if his suspension holds up, because we're still waiting on the appeal, if he ends up playing, his first game would be against Baltimore. So you can't count any of these division guys out at all. I completely agree. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you like what you're listening to, remember to subscribe to Winning Drive on all of your podcast feeds or any of the platforms that you are on. Okay, Arizona. Ravens are heading out west to Mm -hmm. play in their second preseason game, the second of of three, as we know. Uh, And I don't – obviously, this is a situation very similar to last week where they, I believe, are going to play pretty much all the guys that we saw in uh, week one in preseason. Mm -hmm. Um, Coach Harbaugh has already admitted that Lamar will not play. We knew that. He ain't playing that one snap this preseason. So I hope that y'all understand that. Y'all won't see him not one time this preseason. Uh, Kyler Murray has already been told that he's not going to play in this preseason game. So, you know, how do you assess 
games like this where you're not getting starters, you know, um, but you are getting guys now who are fighting for roster spots because there are still cuts that need to be made. Mm -hmm. I do see guys like Isaiah Likely, who we know is going to make the roster, still getting some play time. But really, I think it really boils down to guys on the bubble that are going to have these opportunities. No doubt. And even uh, as I'm sitting here thinking about it, I, I, I can't help but wonder if a Devin Duvernay may play in this game. because Is it because he hasn't played? Like, because he needs he, reps? Well, he didn't play the first game because he was still dealing with the injury. Right. Um. So I, I, I think it and, – and I wonder if he had been fully healthy and James Prochet as well if we would have seen both of those guys in the first game. I really wouldn't have been surprised if we did. Um, and actually, I'm still in that mode right now to where I think that I know Prochet is still hurt. Um, he hasn't been back to practice yet, but Duvernay has been practicing every day. I would not be surprised to see him get out there and get a series or two, to be honest with you. Um, but as far as any other like high-level starter, I don't expect to see him. Like you said, I expect to see pretty much all the guys that we saw in the first preseason game and maybe a, a, a surprise or two here or there on each side of the ball. Yeah. Um, the Ravens are in a situation right now where a lot of these guys are veterans and have been with this team for a while now. So it gives them the opportunity to play a lot of these young guys that are either obviously undrafted free agents, rookies from this year, or just simply young guys who have been on this roster that are still trying to fight for playing time. Guys like Geno Stone, who had an impressive game uh, just last week against the Titans. So right. I, I would expect to see that. And there's still some open competition still going on. We got the running back battle still happening. So I would expect to see all the running backs play. Uh, Mike Davis will probably get the start. and It'll go probably to Tyler Beatty and to Justice Hill. Um, and down What's to your thoughts on this? Uh, and and, and I, I would love your feedback because – Mike Davis is going to play week one, I think, mm -hmm. regardless of what happens to J.K. Dobbins. Right. How much preseason play do you really need from him knowing that he's going to play? Because, um, you know, you really need to see what the other guys are going to do, the babies and, and mm -hmm. even the McCrary's and such. So if, as a, if you're hard, how many series do you allow Mike Davis to play in? Because you really do need some depth at running back come week one. Well, he he uh, in the first game, I want to say he played maybe about two series, maybe three. Uh, uh, Huntley played the whole half. I don't really recall Dave. I have to go back and look um, and see, but I don't think David. I mean, he didn't even. Uh, Tyler Beatty had the most carries in the game for the Ravens. I think he finished with six, and Mike Davis had five. Um, so I think while it's a foregone conclusion that foregone conclusion that Mike Davis is going to make this team. I think that the as far as being a starter, while he is the favorite right now, I think they still want to be sure. Um, and again, Mike Davis is a guy that's coming off of a down year himself out in Atlanta, where he was pretty much boxed out of the offense because of the the boom uh, by Cordell Patterson out there. Um, so I, I think they want to see more from Mike Davis because while he may be in the lead right now, I don't think he's to the point to where it's like, okay, we know what we have in this guy. Let's stash him. Now, from a health standpoint, definitely, I understand that. he's If he's going to be, especially if they've already made up their mind that he's going to be the, the guy week one, if J.K. can't go, then, okay, you obviously don't want to put him out there more than you need to. 
But I, I do think that they want to see more from him because I said it after the first preseason game. I didn't think anybody really separated themselves from the other uh, as far as this running back battle. I thought Mike Davis, if anybody did do the most for his stock because he got the touchdown, he had the viral uh, chip block that was going on around the internet where he yeah. put the guy on his butt. So, yeah. you know, uh, other than that, nobody really did anything to wow me. So I, I do expect probably the workload to be the exact same that it was uh, in week one um, of, of, of preseason when it comes to that running back group, to be honest with you. Okay. That I, 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 that is something that I'm definitely interested in seeing who is going to, you know, rise up because we know obviously Gus Edwards is not near, you know, being right. ready. And um, with the uncertainty of J.K. Dobbins, it's pretty much open season in terms of like, people making themselves available um, to be, you know, the running back for this team until, you know, those guys get healthy again. So that is something else I'm looking for from, from the defensive perspective, mm -hmm. and, and particularly in the secondary. Right. Is there anything that you are looking for? Obviously I would like to see a better showing from Kyle Hamilton. Mm -hmm. Have one of his best outings in the first preseason game, but I, I want us to not overreact. It was the first preseason game. He's still getting acclimated to, you know, being in the National Football League and, and you know, being in the position that he's going to be in. But um, is there anyone else that potentially you have your eye on? Uh, no doubt. Play? Uh, I mean, definitely this this defense as a whole, and really, obviously, the secondary is going to be a big part of what we're looking at because they're so loaded there. Um, even as far as depth, the numbers right. are have to get cut down as they continue to make cuts. So the secondary is definitely going to be uh, a position group to watch. And you talked about Kyle Hamilton. I, Kyle Hamilton, I think, had a really good week of practice uh, this week um, following that preseason game. You know, obviously, uh, he had the fumble recovery, but outside of that, he showed you some range. He did. He definitely got you got to get a glimpse of how much ground he can cover out there. But obviously, the missed tackles are not what you want to see with him. Yep. Um, and I think that'll get better uh, as he goes on. But, yeah, this week was definitely an encouraging week of practice for him. I'm excited to see if he ends up carrying that into the game. But looking at the rest of these safeties, uh, they've got quite a few. I mean, we already mentioned Kyle Hamilton, Marcus Williams, Chuck Clark, Geno Stone, Tony Jefferson, and our Darius Washington, who's now returned to practice. I don't know if we'll see him in the game he has pretty much been a full participant in practice since he's come back outside of his first day where he did a lot of individual work and work to the side. But since that first day, he's been pretty much a full participant in practice. So I'm anxious to see if he'll get in the game and how he'll do. Um, but they, I, I think they can't keep all of these safeties. I just named six. They're not going to keep six safeties on this roster. Right. Um, I think Geno Stone. More safeties than wide receivers. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, <laughs> it is. It is. And, I, and while I do expect the secondary, uh, and then we're just talking safeties, they've got plenty of corners as well. Yeah. I do expect that this defense to flood the field with secondary guys once the season starts. We're not going to see a lot of those looks through preseason. We definitely didn't see them in the first week of preseason because they still went out there with, a, a regular like base style defense where you saw the two linebackers out there pretty much all but every down. Um, I don't think we'll see that come regular season. But with these safeties, guys like Tony Jefferson is one to watch. Um, he, Geno Stone, and Ardarius Washington, I think, are the three guys that you got to keep your eye on. I think Geno Stone will make this team. Tony Jefferson and Ardarius Washington, I'm not super sure 
about Tony right Jefferson. I, honestly, because you look at Tony Jefferson and he and Chuck Clark are essentially the same type of guys. If you're going to have, if you're going to flood the field with secondary guys, you're going to need those guys to cover. You're not going to put Tony Jefferson and Chuck Clark out there at the same time. And I think Chuck Clark is going to play quite a bit. I still believe Chuck Clark is going to be the starting safety on this team with Marcus Williams, understanding that Kyle Hamilton will be sprinkled in a lot. Right. And that's still with other cornerbacks. So I just don't really see Tony Jefferson really being in the mix for that because he gives you the same stuff that Chuck Clark gives you. And Chuck Clark has been a guy that has been wearing the dot the last couple of years. And I, I would, at this stage of their careers, I'm more willing to ride with Chuck Clark than Tony Jefferson right now. I think Geno Stone is going to be safe because he's a young guy that they drafted and he helps them in the special teams department. And we know that goes well, a We know that's a huge thing, yeah. For sure. So our Darius Washington could also be the odd man out because he's dealt with injuries so much that they may want to just cut the cord while he's healthy right now to kind of avoid having to put him on IR or have yeah. to do an injury settlement again. You know, they I, I think they want to try to avoid that. So he's definitely one to watch. It, it could be both of them, to be honest. Right. Could be both of them can get the snip. Uh, but I, I think Tony Jefferson's one to watch. I don't think it'll necessarily be on the second cut day. He may make it to the last cut week, but I would not be surprised to see him get cut, not because of performance, but strictly because of need and based off what they already have. Right. You you already have a Tony Jefferson, essentially, and a Chuck Clark. Before we go um, to our, our final topic, defensive line, mm -hmm. like, what are your thoughts on that? Definitely want to continue to see more Travis Jones. Obviously, I think everybody does. Um, I, Matt Abike didn't play in the week one preseason game I, I, because he was dealing with migraines and stuff at the time. I would not be surprised to see Justin Matt Abike out there. Um, I, I want to see this defensive line again. I, you know, they did a good job last week against the Titans, I thought, generating some pressure. Uh, we saw Travis Jones get the sack. Um, on the outside on Malik Willis. I want to see this defensive line kind of do that again. Continue to, because I think, I, I, I said it the other day, Rita, I, I think that this defensive line is going to be better in the pass rushing department than yeah. even I thought coming into this year. So, and they're going to need them to to do that. I think uh, Adafi Owe is, is primed for a big year this year. I don't know how much we'll see him this week. He only played one snap in the first preseason game. And, you know, he said that that was all he needed. And I'm sure that's all Harbs needed to see because it was a great rep from him. Um, but I don't know how much we'll see from him this week. But I think that this defensive line, while I expect Adafi Owe to be a double-digit sack guy, I think this defensive line is going to be a big reason as to why he's a double-digit sack guy. Okay. I want to see them continue to push that pocket. I want to see them force the quarterback to move off their spot and get uncomfortable and move possibly sometimes right into 99 or right into 50 with Justin Houston on the other side. But yeah. I'm expecting big things from this defensive line. I want to see how many of these guys are going to play guys like Aaron Crawford. You'll definitely see out there. Uh, uh, Matt, you'll see out there, you know, and Travis Jones, again, he, he definitely put the work, put the Ravens flock on notice. Last yes, he week. did. I'm a fan. You want to see guys like him, rookies like him, when they have a good performance, kind of stack that. Same on the offensive side, Isaiah Likely, Shamar Bridges, all these fan favorites that are happening right now. 
I think everybody wants to see them kind of take their performance from last week and carry it over into this week. That's what the preseason is for. When people ask, what are these preseason games for? It's for you to get these young guys on the field and get them not some only momentum. some game action, yeah. but get them to kind of stack performances and learn to be more consistent throughout the season because that's what separates uh, average Joe from a, a pro bowler in this league. I completely agree. And anytime that you have a guy that uh, like in the Travis Jones that gets so much compliments from his teammates, a lot of and, and veteran teammates, that tells you a lot about his potential. And and so, yeah, that's what preseason is about. You want to see, you know, some momentum coming from guys that you expect to be impact players when the season starts. And so I, I think that there's a lot of guys, although your favorites aren't going to play, the Mark Andrews of the world, the Lamar Jackson, there are so many other the guys that that will force you to take notice yeah because of the play that they've had in preseason so I, I definitely think that it's still something that we should watch for in terms of those guys but um I'm excited to see their progress in the second preseason game I'm gonna pick one guy though and it's on the offensive side that I'm, I'm just wildly picking to have a splash moment at some point Bailey Gaither is a is a wide receiver um, that I'm anticipating. I wouldn't be surprised. He's got some speed, and he's made a couple of downfield catches throughout this week in practice, and I think he's starting to get more and more comfortable. Um, I think he could be a guy that, that kind of you hear fans talk about after this Cardinals game because I think he's going to get some opportunities on the outside. Okay, you heard it first. Cordell told y'all, so if you see it, remember where you heard it from. Right, let okay. that be known. And if, and if you don't do <laughs> you nothing, just forget school. I said it. <laughs> just forget <laughs> I said it if you don't That's right. Do <laughs> At Cordell Woodland, don't forget to let him know you got put on notice because right. of him. <laughs> right. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Before we get into our final topic, I just want to remind you to subscribe to Winning Drive wherever you listen to your podcast. All right. I I wanted to get this out the way. And I know Mm -hmm. he's not a Raven anymore, but, you know, it doesn't matter. Well, it's relevant. They're going to the car. Absolutely. It's relevant because... The Ravens are playing the Cardinals. And as we all remember, Marquise Brown was traded to the Arizona Cardinals uh, in the NFL draft this past April. So uh, he was asked about the Ravens. He was asked about his time there. And um, this is what Mr. Brown had to say. It was just something for my career that I had to do. But I love, you know, everything that the Ravens do, what they stand for and everything like that. I want to feel like I'm a part of something to win. I mean, at the Ravens, I just felt like sometimes they really didn't need me. Like, regardless if I was there or not, they're going to win games. And I love the game too much. I want to be involved. Okay, so you've heard the audio. And I have thoughts. But I'm going to let Cordell start. Are you going to let me go first? Okay, you don't have to. I'll I'll, I'll go ahead and yeah, start. Yeah, ladies first. You go ahead. Uh, So I, I got a couple of issues with this. Mm-hmm. Now, you're not wrong in the fact that the team was going to win without you anyway. <laughs> Let's start there, okay? <laughs> uh, you wasn't wrong, okay? Because this team is not designed for Marquise Brown. This team is designed for Lamar Jackson, 
Okay. So I don't understand the thought process behind that, that comment, but it bothers me when I, if I'm not mistaken, Cordell, since 2019, when he was drafted, he's top 10 in touchdowns. Mm-hmm. It's a problem to me that in a year that Lamar missed five games, you still found a way to have a thousand yard season. And you probably should have had more yards than that. Okay. And more touchdowns. Yeah. And more touchdowns that were at your own issue Mm -hmm. and not, you know, the, the lack of Lamar being available or the offense or the offense. Um, you, this is a guy that I've seen many times not get the extra yards and find himself going out of bounds because he doesn't mm-hmm. want the contact. That's fine. Whatever. That's the game. That's the game he plays. But I do not understand feeling like, to me, it sounds like, number one, you want the ball more. Okay. And maybe you felt like Bateman was going to be the guy and you didn't want to be the number two guy. And number two, it feels like because they can win without you, you wasn't fitting to get no money. So you did, did what you had to do. I have a problem with just you not being honest and saying that. You know, with Orlando Brown, he said he was. He said he told y'all I'm a left tackle, but you know what that meant? I'm a left tackle because left tackles get more money. Yeah. You feeling like you weren't going to be an intricate part of the offense, which isn't true, but you weren't wrong in, in saying that the Ravens were going to win without you. Doesn't equate to me because the statistics say that you were a part of this offense. So if this is about money, then say it's about money, but don't say that like you weren't involved because the Ravens absolutely found ways mm-hmm. to get you involved. And at many times you weren't consistent enough to rise up to those occasions. No I'm doubt about it. With that. No doubt about it. Look, I got a lot of thoughts. And my, <laughs> I, 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 I went on because when I first saw the quote, I was on air doing my show. And granted, I didn't get to hear it. All I saw was the quote of the last part. I didn't hear the part where he did start off praising the Ravens. Yes, he did. And, and he acknowledged the organization, the great organization they are and how much he loved the organization and how much he was appreciative of them. Yes. I want to throw that out there. He definitely did do that. On the flip side, saying that you were that the Ravens were going to win even without you. Number one, this is the football. Football is a, is the ultimate team sport. It takes a total team to win a game. So when I hear that, you're right. It sounds like it's about him not getting his numbers and ultimately getting to the payday that he wants. It's he just sounds like a me guy. And we, we know about him and Lamar used to be the ones riding to the games and back and forth from the games to each other. Imagine listening to him. Be, imagine being Lamar and you're riding back after a win, trying to party in the car, and you got this Debbie Downer sitting next to you <laughs> because he's upset that he didn't have the numbers that he wanted to have, even though you won. Like, you can't have that in the, you can't have that in the locker room that's looking to win a Super Bowl. That's a cancer in the locker room at that point. If you have a guy that is all about himself, talking about what he wants to do, like to say that you weren't involved is nonsense. We know how much Mark Andrews gets targeted. I think Mark Andrews had 153 targets last year. And uh, Hollywood Brown had 146 targets last year. I don't understand. One of the most targeted receivers in football. 
Yes. You're talking about the team being able to win despite you. You're absolutely right. Prime example would be that Detroit game yep. where he dropped at least two touchdowns. And thank God you got the best kicker on the planet yep. to be able to make uh, to, to, to make the all-time longest field goal out there and win the game because that would have been possibly one of the worst weeks of Hollywood Brown's career yep. had the Ravens ended up losing that game. That that right there is a prime example of yes, he's right. This team can went was winning despite him and his numbers not being to where he wanted to are his fault. You he left yardage on the field by going down after get, getting the catch yep. or by running out of bounds. He left touchdowns on the field by dropping easy basket catches in the end zone yep. multiple times. That's on him. Now, I'm not going to disagree with the fact that I think that the Cardinals are a better offensive style for him. They are. But sure. if you look at what's going on out there, you think you're not going to have to play second fiddle to DeAndre Hopkins? Like, come on, man. You're not the number one Well, he's one not going to have to do that for six weeks. So, I mean, we well, yeah, the first, the first, <laughs> you're right. The first six weeks, he'll be, he'll be able to be the guy. And we'll see what you do, Hollywood, because yep. the number one guy, you were drafted to be the number one guy in Baltimore, and he never really lived up to that. I can promise you this, though. The Ravens were popping bottles in the in the uh, draft room once they were able to get a first round pick back for Hollywood Brown <laughs> because I know for a fact they had they, that 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 was a guaranteed win for them and they viewed it as such. He was drafted in the first round, never lived up to that first round caliber type player, and you able to get a first round pick back for him, which you end up turning into Tyler Lindebaum, who a yep. lot of people thought is was the best center in this class. So. It's a huge win for the Ravens. It could turn out to be a huge win for Hollywood Brown because he could very well go off and dump and, and, and have the career that he wants to have in Arizona and get the payday, the big payday that he's looking for. I'm yeah. never against players taking their careers into their own hands and doing what's best for them. Completely on board with that. I have no issue with it at all. But don't give me this nonsense that you feel like you could that that you weren't involved because I think that the Ravens did everything possible to try to get this guy as much involved as they possibly could. Yeah, when the statistics are not in your favor for that argument, then we have a problem because I, I hey guys, it's called data. Mm -hmm. And people do take account of those things and people do tick, tick, tick. They follow all of that stuff. So what you're saying and what really happened are two different things. Yeah. And so what reality are we living in? Are we living in your reality? Or are we living in the real reality of where we can look at the numbers and say, well, you were top five and, you know, this, but you were also top 10 and drops. So yeah. my thing is, is like, what are we doing here? You know, yeah. um, I don't have a problem. You know, look, I get it. You felt like you wasn't going to be a part of this offense. But, Mr. Brown, what are you doing to make sure that you are the player that the Cardinals want you to be in the six weeks that they don't have Nook? What are you going to do to be a, a better player? Because I know that you can't look at the career that you you're, that you had here and feel like it doesn't need improvement. Mm-hmm. No doubt about it. You know, I mean, like that's the part that I, you know, I, look, fine. You want to get more touches, whatever. You want to get more money because you feel like, you know, you, you can do more and be more. That's fine. But there's a lot of improvement that you could be doing as well. And so, you know, I, I'm fine with what he said, whatever. But I guess my thing is, is that number one, everything that you said can be argued against. 
Mm-hmm. Number one. Number two, uh, how the the other part of it is is that yes, I know that I I you know um, made some crucial drops and this and that. We ain't hit no accountability. No, no, no zero I ain't hit no accountability. Zero. You sounded like your cousin out yeah. there. You just a nicer version of your mm-hmm. cousin. But basically, y'all all all sound the same at this point. No, that's a good point. Zero accountability from him. It would have been one thing if he's like, look, and which he has said before, that offense necessarily didn't fit me. And maybe he wants to run some deeper routes. You know, I think that's honestly what it is. I think he wants to not be the guy that's getting the short to intermediate stuff. He got some deep balls in Baltimore and he dropped some, no doubt about it. But I think he wants to be a guy that is a field spacer as opposed to having to run you know, some of the the shorter t- 10 to 20 yard type routes. I think he just wants to be a guy that just takes the top off the defense. And that is his role. Th- exactly. Because they do have DeAndre Hopkins that can run every type of route. They have guys like yep. Rondell Moore out there as well, who's kind of like in Hollywood Brown, to be honest with you. Um, But they have guys like James Conner that they're going to get the ball to as well. So you, I, I think, when I think going out to Arizona, while I think it's a better offensive scheme for him, it's still going to be a lot of guys that are going to get the ball thrown to them outside of him. Other than when he was in Baltimore, Mark Andrews, we know he's going to get all the targets. But Hollywood's right behind him getting the targets. I don't I don't think there's going to be a – I'm interested to see how many more targets. Now, the Cardinals are going to throw the ball more than the Ravens. Yeah, so we know that. It, it, it may tick up a little bit just out of, you know – the, the number of, of passing attempts going up, he the, the numbers are balanced out across the board. But, yeah, I would have liked to hear him say, while the offensive scheme necessarily wasn't best for me, I understand I wasn't necessarily the best player possible out in Baltimore. I understand that I could have been better at times. But you're right. It was just all about what they can do for him. It's, I just – I just think in football and really in any team sport, when you got a me guy, it's it's trouble. And this is what it looks like to me. It's all he's already a receiver, and we know receivers are divas to begin with. But this is just like when you when you hear a guy come out and say, even when we win, I'm not happy because <laughs> I'm not involved. Like that's a, hey man, that's keep a that to yourself, term. man. Keep that to yourself. We don't want to hear that, man. No, you Nobody can't say wants that. to listen, like you said you earlier. Football is the ultimate team sport, okay? So when you start having these conversations about what you do, and uh, hey, man, talk to whoever you need to talk to, but don't say that to us, okay? Because all we care about is the W. Could things get some work? Sure, right? But what we do not care about, I promise you, is you not getting the touches. Yeah, We care about the W. We care about the final product. And if you have an issue with that, talk to your coordinator. Talk to – and like you said, if you're driving home with the quarterback every day, maybe on your drive home that ain't the conversation you should be no. having. Maybe a couple days later you could be like, hey, find a way to give me, a, you know, this – because I've seen this and this, that. But don't do that right after the game. Okay? I can't imagine how Lamar is like – Having to go, you know, he he on he in his mode like, man, we won, you know, he happy, and you got this dude just raining on the parade, just like, man, I know he's <laughs> won, but bro, I only had like four catches for like forty five yards, bro. Like you missed me a couple times here. They keep calling for plays for eighty nine there, like, bro, nobody want to hear that. Go talk to AB. AB is probably the only person that'll probably listen to that. Like, yeah, <laughs> I feel you. 
But Tyreek Hill, Tyreek Hill responded on Twitter to that clip, and he's kind of like endorsing what Hollywood Brown said. And if you think about it, Tyreek Hill could possibly be in that same kind of boat. Leaving Kansas City, a team that, while I think Tyreek Hill was obviously a big part of Kansas City's offense, he's a guy that, at times, if he didn't have his best game, Kansas City could still win despite him because obviously they got Mahomes, they got Travis Kelsey, they got McCole Harmon. They have plenty of other people they could get the ball to. So when you see Tyreek Hill leave Kansas City to go to Miami and you hear him agreeing with some of the stuff Hollywood Brown is saying, it's like, okay, I kind of see the wavelength that, you, that y'all are on right now. These, these are the type of guys that want their numbers. They want their praise. They want their highlight plays. It doesn't matter if the team wins or not. It's all about if they're getting their fantasy stats. And I, I don't want those type of guys on my team. Well, you already know wide receiver is the diva position. So, you know, they're the ones that that, that always want the praise and, mm-hmm. you know, always want the ball. So I'm not surprised that, you know, probably across the board, a lot of guys in their position groups feel that way. So yeah. good luck to Hollywood. I hope that you get whatever it is that you're looking for, whether it's money, whether it's, you know, uh, more go routes. I don't know what you want because you're not, you ain't running the routes. That and I like how your team is running. I don't even want to make it seem like I don't like him. I, I like it's him not that I don't like him either. Yeah, I, I I liked him as a player. I don't think that he lived up to his being drafted in the first round. I don't think he should have been drafted in the first round. Obviously, that's a little hindsight right there. I do think he could have been better, but I do think he was a quality. I mean, the dude, you know, you you talked about it. He had the touchdowns. <clears throat> He's one of the more targeted guys in, in the league in his time in Baltimore. Like, he can play, but there were parts of his game that – never evolved into what we thought that they could have at yep. the time. I completely agree. So yeah, it'll be like I said, good luck to you. Um and you know I do wish him the best. I mm-hmm. don't have any um ill will right. towards him. I just want him to have some accountability. That's, yeah, that's please, literally please. it. You know, you can't get better if you don't look at yourself in the mirror and say, I can be better at this position. So Good luck to you, Hollywood. But keep the ravens out your mouth from this point on. You said what you had to say, and now I said what I had to say. And keep your name, keep their name out of your mouth because you're an Arizona Cardinal now. You heard it. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening to Winning Drive. Next week, more cuts, Cordell? Oh, yeah, more cuts. We got more cuts coming on Tuesday. Roster going down to 80, so five more cuts on Tuesday. We'll find out who those guys are. I gave you my guesstimate. On Tuesday's episode, if you didn't hear it, go back and listen to it. That's what's so great about archiving and these podcasts being uploaded. You can always go back and re-listen to some old episodes so you can hear who I predicted to be cut, see how many of them I got right, how many I got right, and how many I probably got wrong, of course. <laughs> uh, but we'll, we'll find out that next week. And I mean, next week is getting closer and closer to the NFL season. They'll be, yes, on, a NFL, they'll be on a regular season type of practice schedule. Uh, starting next week so it's getting realer and realer by the day absolutely and I'm looking forward to finding out if Cordell was right finding out who is next on the chopping block well you know this is not my favorite part this is my least favorite part about football I don't think anybody relishes in this time of year but it's it's, it's it's just a part of the process absolutely so we'll find that out and more we'll talk about it next week thank you so much for joining us at Winning Drive